Into you're it. like the NSYNC of the Debbie world. Or, no, never mind. <laughs> Kyle looks young <laughs> enough to be a member of NSYNC, but I don't know if the rest of us can pull it off. So, <laughs> If I shave, I'm good. <laughs> not, not that there's much here to begin with. Right, right. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome in. This is Debbie Manuel, episode 41. We are going to do an introduction tonight to the 2024 class, get you guys get ready for your Debbie drafts, because that's kind of what everybody's gearing up for. We're not going to waste any time here. I'm going to first up introduce my co-host, Joseph Namor. Joseph, how you doing, bud? I am good, Dwight. Excited to be back on the mic recording. Uh, it's been a little while, a couple weeks, so excited to talk this uh, incoming freshman class and uh, excited for the couple guests we have here today. All right, first off, I'm going to introduce, um, these are a couple guys that I've been, you know, paying attention, a lot of attention to lately. Colin Decker of the Com- Campus to Canton podcast. Colin is over there with Austin doing some really, really good work. He's, that's, Campus to Canton is one of those podcasts that I just do not miss. I just, I just, I can't miss it. So, Colin, how you doing tonight, bud? I'm good, man. Thanks. Thanks for the intro. Appreciate the kind words there. Um, just really excited to be on the podcast here. Been a fan of the Debbie Manual for a while now, so... Um, yeah, just excited to get in here and mix it up with you guys. Thank you, thank you, man. And then our next, our other guest is Nathan Bork. He is the grand. Are you the grandson of Ray Bork? Or, or <laughs> no, you, no, uh, no oh, relation. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I'm old enough to know who that yeah. is. So, anyways, <laughs> Nathan, just uh, I, every time I, I pop up on our Debbie team and um, the nerds, it's it's Nathan saying something really intelligent. So I'm like, I gotta get this guy on the manual sometime. So. Well, Nathan, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Great introduction, and I'm really excited to be here. I was excited when you uh, reached out for the opportunity, for sure. Definitely wanted to get you on soon, and then I heard you the other day. We were just talking about before, beforehand on the up, ne- up next one. I'm like, so Nathan does do podcasts. Okay, good. So, all right. I knew I was safe to ask you, so. All right. We're gonna do just. We're gonna go through a couple of the position groups. We'll try to get through. We'll try to get through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Just gonna give you guys like kind of where my rankings are, and then Joseph, Colin, Nathan. You guys can kind of talk about it a little bit. You know, guys that you are higher on or lower on. Um, Joseph and I are both kind of newer into this class. You know, I, I know the names from you know the program league. We've had to know these names for the last year. We've been recruiting these guys. You know, so. I know all the names, but I've not gotten to watch as many of them as I'd like to. So first up, we're going to dive right straight into the quarterbacks. I have my top 10 is Sam Heward going to Washington, Drake May, North Carolina, Brock Vandegrift, Georgia, Kyle McCord is going to Ohio State, Caleb Williams, Oklahoma, Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame, J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, Baron Morton, Texas Tech, Ty Thompson, Oregon, and Preston Stone from SMU. So that's who I currently have a top 10, but I have very, very early on in this process. So, Colin, I'll let you take it first. Like, of that top 10, is there anybody in there that really stands out that you think is going to be, like, a truly great quarterback at the next level? Like, Yeah, so, I mean, I like this class as a whole. Um, I think it's deeper than last year's. Uh, it doesn't have uh, the DJU or the Bryce Young like last year, That, at least in my eyes. Uh, but one guy that um, I'm higher on here uh, than you were on your list was J.J. McCarthy uh, going to Michigan. So, I mean, I've seen, you know, some people give uh, a little bit of pushback there. You know, they say they're going to he's going to get harbaugh or, you know, he's you know, they're, they're worried about that landing spot. Uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm not that worried about the landing spot. I mean, it helps that Milton transferred today. Um, so he's really just it's him against uh, Cade McNamara. And Cade McNamara looks good against Rutgers, but he's not anything special. It's not anything that should keep McCarthy off the field. Um, and McCarthy's the best recruit that Harbaugh's gotten since Andrew Luck. Um, so, you know, they have some solid weapons there with A.J. Henning, Quintilius Johnson. They're bringing in Xavier Worthy. They have a nice stable of backs. Um, they always have a pretty solid O-line. So I think he's going into a fairly good environment, actually. Uh, and I really like him as a prospect. Uh, you know, he's five-star, number two pro-style quarterback. So, you know, pretty well regarded overall. Uh, got good size at 6'3", 190. He needs to put on a little bit of weight, but nothing too crazy there. But, I mean, the first thing that jumps out to you, I mean, he's got a strong arm. He makes all the throws there. He's got a really nice fastball in the short to intermediate area. Uh, and then, you know, he's got good accuracy and solid ball placement. Uh, he just lets his wide receivers go make a play. You know, and, and that's one of the things I really like to see. 
and despite being a pro style guy, he's got some good athleticism too. Move maneuvers pretty well. He can pick up some chunk yards on scrambles. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of McCarthy there. You know, Nate Nate. Uh, I'm not sure how how you think about him. No, yeah, I'm really glad that's who you brought up because he's uh, one of the three out of this class so far that I've got in my t- my tier one. I've got a uh, Caleb Williams, JJ McCarthy, and Ty Thompson all in tier one. I haven't quite gotten the order down on those three, but I know those are my three favorite. You speak um, my language, and JJ, I, <laughs> a lot of the same stuff you said. I felt like I saw really quick in the pocket. Um, his ball placement, he did a good job specifically in keeping the ball away from the defender. It's kind of some notes I took and. Uh, the accuracy was really what stood out to me, which is one of the top. I feel like of my three tier one guys, they each had one of the traits I look for. Each one had a different, you know, specialty in that. And JJ was who I wrote down for really having that accuracy down. It felt like if he gets in the right system, which like you said, Michigan has the O-line, has the offensive weapons. If they let him kind of just spread the ball around with that accuracy, I think he's going to shred up some defenses. So, Yeah. Joe, I saw you clapping there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who was that? For? That was mostly for Ty Thompson. Uh, okay. We can get into Thompson yes. a little bit later. Uh, huge Thompson guy. Um, but just just to yeah. touch on McCarthy, since you guys were bringing him up already, um, I do think McNamara wins the job this year just due to his familiarity in the system. And I would agree that McCarthy's both uh, more physically uh, imposing as well as probably more technically sound. I just think... I would be surprised if Harbaugh opted with the true freshman over the guy that's been in the system already. Uh, but I agree with you guys that I, I like the talent there. Uh, just based on the very limited uh, like highlight film I've watched from him, arm strength, accuracy is really the big thing that pops for him to all levels of the field. So uh, I'm excited about McCarthy. No, that's what I, I won't lie. I got pretty excited when I saw two out of my three in the top tier, the starters and or the quote unquote starters in front of them transferred out recently. And I'm just <laughs> like, hey, I'm on to something yeah. here <laughs> between Ty Thompson and JJ McCarthy now, at least having a better shot at getting some early playing time. So and McCarthy comes from that, that IMG too. You know, that they've got that oh, yeah. that basically is a college program. Good lord. Um, cool. so all right, um, Joe. Will, yeah, bring up Ty Thompson. I mean, Ty Thompson is a very interesting one. It looks like he's going to get thrust into the starting role, possibly this year. I mean, I know he's still got a couple guys in front of him, but one of them left. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm not a Tyler Shuck guy at all. So I'm glad he's just out of the way, so they don't even have to deal with him. To me, when I, when I watch Ty Thompson, I mean, his frame is elite, uh, like six four, six five, like two hundred plus. But he's like he's bulky. He's not like a lean two hundred. Uh, so he looks like he could put on some additional size. Um, he could probably get up to two thirty five. I would guess based on the way his body's built. Um, but I mean, he has a cannon of an arm, elite arm strength, all levels of the field. Um, uncorks a beautiful deep ball. Um, I think he also has some good touch to like the intermediate levels. I have a little bit of concern with uh, just his ability to really read the field and his pocket awareness uh, could stand to improve a, a, a little bit. But, uh, I mean, mechanically, I think he's very sound. I think his throwing motion smooth. I think his mechanics are good. Really, just the traits stand out to me. I think he has a tremendous arm. I think he has very good mobility. And I think his frame is literally exactly what I want out of a prototypical quarterback. So he's a guy I'm very excited for. And to see the quarterback in front of him enter the transfer portal is just something that I would guess he probably should have the leg up in that competition. I'm not sure if he will win the job, but uh, Thompson's a guy that out of all the quarterbacks in this class, and it's a great class, Thompson is probably my guy. I will admit that in my initial, like I said, I'm still – hammering out the ranks but right now he's my number one yes i'm right there with you with ty thompson a lot of the same stuff you said with his deep ball cannon just blew me away it felt like every highlight was some deep ball but um i just wanted to also add to what you said with what whenever i'm watching for kind of like a deep ball threat type quarterback at this high school level i really like to look at how high up the ball gets because you know some of these high schools can get away with it being a, a coming in low but still being a great deep ball and that dude hits the roof. I mean, the ball gets way up there and just drops straight down to the receiver, or at least that's what I was seeing. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm really excited about Ty Thompson. 
Yeah, I'm glad to hear that both of you guys are on Ty Thompson, too. Uh, he's my number three quarterback, so I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. Um, now, over on the Campus to Canton pod, uh, you know, Austin and I, aren't, we're not big fans of Shuck. Um, so I thought even before he transferred that Ty Thompson had a good shot at uh, at taking that job. But, I mean, yeah, with, with Shuck out of the way, I think that's his job for the taking. I mean, he's the highest rated recruit Oregon's had since they started started the rankings back in 2001. Uh, at least at the quarterback position. And then, I mean, Christabel can't stop gushing about this guy. Uh, they say He said he had the opportunity to start right away. He called him the alpha dog of the Elite 11 camp. He said he was maybe the best QB in the country. Uh, so I'm right there with you guys. And for anybody who, you know, looks at his 40 time and sees a 4.96, like, I wouldn't worry about that. He's way more mobile than that. I don't know where that time came from, but he is he's a lot better than that. I was kind of surprised he was listed as a pro prospect with how mobile he was, honestly. But these pro prospects nowadays are getting a little bit more mobile. Um, these dual threat guys have to be a little bit more like Caleb Williams type guys. Yeah, I don't know if it was you or uh, another pod I was listening to, but I mean, five years ago, he's a dual threat quarterback for sure. So uh, uh, he's mobile enough to, to add some value with his legs. Yeah, and that's something I really look for too in quarterbacks. It's like, you know, I like guys that can get out and move, uh, move around a lot. Um, if you're a statue in the pocket, you, you, I don't think you're long for the league anymore. You know, that that kind of it's kind of going by the wayside. Those types of passers. Yeah, so I think that probably is a great transition into Sam Heward, who I think is one of the consensus top quarterbacks in the class, who has NFL bloodlines. I know his dad and uncle. I both played in the league. Heward, in terms of arm strength and prowess as a traditional pocket passer, is probably an elite prospect. But he, in terms of statues, like that's him. He cannot move. And I just think the ceiling is capped on those kind of guys from a fantasy perspective. In terms of a real-life quarterback, I'm sure he'll be an NFL prospect. I see NFL traits in him already. I just, in terms of what I'm looking for for my quarterbacks, you saw that this year, especially with the top eight quarterbacks in fantasy being guys that run around. You got Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. I don't need to name all the names, but there are guys, even as they're progressing as passers, if they can add moderate to elite rushing production, you don't even need to be a good passer of the ball like Jalen Hurts. So Sam Heward, while I think he's a good quarterback, I'm not necessarily as interested from a fantasy perspective. Now, like campus to Canton leagues where you can add good passing production in the, on the college side, that may be a different story. But I don't know what you guys see with Heward. I know um, as a pure passer, I'm very interested. But just from a long-term fantasy outlook, not necessarily someone that I'm super high on. Yeah, so I actually have him as my number one quarterback right now. So everything I said, you know, about looking for guys who are mobile, yeah. Um, I don't mean to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but I just see Sam Heward as just such a smart and advanced passer at this early stage of the game that I really like what I see there. And I do tend to think about things a little bit more towards the C2C side. Uh, and I think he's going to be the starter day one there at Washington. I don't really think Dylan Morris is much of an obstacle. Uh, so that's something that I, I like and I value a lot in Sam Heward. His mobility level is right at that like minimum threshold that I see from a QB. He's like right around that Jared Goff, Matt Ryan type of a guy where he can move around a little bit. But he's definitely not anybody that's going to be extending plays too much. He's not picking up chunk yards or anything like that. Um, he maneuvers the pocket well. He just doesn't really get outside of it and create outside of structure. So that's my biggest concern with him. But right now, it's not enough of a concern to knock him off of the top spot. But it's very close between him, McCarthy, and Thompson for me. Yeah, y'all actually both hit on the reasons why I have him like literally dead between. Like I've got him on the borderline between my tier one and tier two. Because all the things y'all are saying with how good he is, I feel like gets his floor up to where... I mean, I do think I see an NFL prospect in him, but all the things y'all are saying with his lack of mobility, it feels like, okay, if we're playing C2C and we already have a, such a low hit rate when you're trying to guess on freshmen, then I'm really aiming for ceiling. You know, I want to know that if I'm betting on a guy to make it through the gauntlet of college football and make it to the NFL, I want to know I'm getting hopefully a top 12 guy if I'm going to put him in my tier one. 
And that's what I, I had the same ideas for C2C and for actual football. I think he's going to be really good for fancy football. He could probably make it to the league and end up as a QB two. And so, yeah, that's where he ended up for me also. I mean, cause he, he throws the ball incredibly and the little bit of mobility he did have, what I kind of noted down was it felt like when he was on the run, he still made throws that were incredible on the run. So it was like, he may not be extending the play, but if he makes that throw off balance on the run, he's still crazy accurate and has a lot of zip on the ball. So he's definitely still really good. I want to transition that into your other tier one guy, uh, Nathan, Caleb Williams. Um, I'm all over the place with him. I have him at five before the show. Colin was talking about having him at nine. Uh, so like, but he's, I think, isn't he the number one in the class like rated? Like, so we're kind of, I'm, I'm kind of don't know what to make of him. Like he's a damn good runner, but man, I do not like watching him throw a whole lot. So <laughs> what do you think, Nathan? I, I probably need to dig into more of him, but of everything I've seen so far, I mean, he he just looks like a running back when he's running around there. And that's saying something because he's not particularly huge. I mean, at 6'1", 210, he's not massive. But the two things is when he is running, he looks, I, I said, he kind of looks like a running back with just his ability to cut and, and make dangerous plays. And he just makes it look really easy. Like it was almost, I, at first I was a little bit concerned that everything looked too easy, but then I kind of dialed it in and I was like, no, it's not because like everybody around him is horrible. He just, it's making them look silly with how he's able to cut and maneuver and he's able to still make these throws. I mean, his ball placement was spot on. Um, I really like the height on his throws. He he does look a little smaller. I mean, he looks more like he's got, if he were to make it to the league, I, I don't remember off the top of my head how big Kyler Murray is, but it looks almost more like that with, if he's going to be quick, it's going to be this little quick guy running around, but that's still able to make a lot of throws. So as of right now, I've got him in tier one just because I didn't see anything when we're talking about ceiling and being able to score a ton of fantasy points, if he even gets a moderate amount of work on, done on his mechanics and becomes a really consistent thrower, I think he's going to, I mean, explode. And I mean, Oklahoma is a system that's put out NFL quarterbacks and number one overall picks. So, I mean, just like I was just talking about Kyler Murray, well, now he's going follow. Uh, once Rattler's out the way, I think Caleb Williams will be the guy. So I've got him in tier one, and that's pretty much all based on ceiling right now. Because I do agree, there's things I was a little bit worried about, but I mean, he just makes it look easy. So I'm really excited to see what he's able to do at the next level. Yeah, he's at the perfect program. I mean, yeah. So I think he's, uh, he hit the nail on the head there with ceiling. I mean, his ceiling's sky high. He's just an electric athlete. I mean, he looks, he looks exactly like a running back when he has the ball in his hands, like you said. He's just making guys miss left and right. And he's a cannon of an arm. He's got a really nice touch on the deep ball. So he's already a really great vertical passer. Uh, he just struggles with the ball placement in this short to intermediate areas. And he just, you constantly are having to see wide receivers, his wide receivers make adjustments on the ball. It's behind them. Um, you know, they have to like go hurt, like hurdle way up and go get it. And he needs to work on going through his progressions because right now if his first read isn't there, he just takes off. And I mean, he can do it. He can yeah. get away with it. But I need to see a little bit more of that. Uh, so he's going to sit behind Rattler. And like you said, uh, I mean, he's a great, great landing spot. He can learn from Riley. I have no doubt that Riley's going to turn him into a productive college quarterback. But I, he needs a lot of development to become a pro prospect. So that's why I have him a little bit lower. So despite him being a great fantasy asset and probably a great fantasy asset in college, I don't know if he's a great pro prospect right now. Right. I was trying to find this tweet. I think I finally found it. Uh, the Tyler Buckner tweet that uh, Felix put the other day. I, I am the more I watch a Tyler Buckner, I'm falling in love with him. Like I, I a little nervous about Notre Dame not developing, you know, NFL style quarterbacks. But man, and I think I finally found it. Though he's a pro. He said he's a pro style quarterback, and he like wanders out of the pocket on the run, like evading guys, and then I'm just like, holy crap. Like he he moves really well for a dude that size. So uh, Tyler Buckner is not one that I I really like a lot. He's I just think he's a baller. I love his improv impro, way he improvises and plays on the run. Doesn't have an elite arm. He does have good arm strength, but I didn't think it was like super elite. I liked his release, his accuracy. Um, he recovered from an ACL his sophomore year, so he's tough. Uh, just a lot of lot to like about Tyler Buckner too. He's one in the top ten that I'm kind of keeping an extra like a close eye on, and then. Uh, one more thing. I mean, Colin, I think you guys have beat it to death. And I feel like the whole Ohio State 
thing has been beaten to death. Like, who in the hell is going to come out of Ohio State? Like, as far as quarterback, very, very crowded quarterback. Do you like Kyle McCord a lot, or you think he, what do you think is going to happen there? I like Kyle McCord a lot as a prospect. So, as a, if we were just talking pure prospect, he would probably be right behind Buckner for me, the guy you just mentioned. So, he put him at five. Um, I have him at six. I have Grant Vandegrift ahead of him right now. Um, I mean, Kyle McCoy, he's a five-star guy. He's the number three pro-style quarterback. So he's, you know, he's good. Um, you know, he's already an NFL frame, 6'3", 215. Um, he, he has escapability in the pocket, so he's not mobile, but he moves around very well. And, yeah, he has a great arm, great accuracy. So I like this guy. I like this kid a lot. But my biggest concern with him is I don't really think he beats out Stroud. Uh, Stroud had a year in the system. I liked Stroud better coming out last year than I do McCord this year. And then after that, you got Quinn Ewers coming up, um, who's going to Ohio State. Now, obviously, he could still decommit. You know, it's not nothing set in stone yet. But Quinn Ewers is being touted as the best QB prospect since Trevor Lawrence. And Ewers has a perfect grade from 24-7 sports right now, the 1.00. And Trevor Lawrence didn't even have that. He was at a point nine 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 nine. So, I mean... They have him graded a little bit ahead of Lawrence. So my, the problem is he's sandwiched between two quarterbacks that I just think are better. So, you know, like you said, we, we talked about how hard it is to figure out who's coming out of Ohio State. I just I don't know if Kyle McCord can beat either of those guys out. Now, if he maybe transfers after year one, you know, then, then I'll be interested again. But as it is right now, I don't see him beating out Stroud. No, I, I agree a lot. Kyle McCord's actually the only person out of out of the people I've watched so far at quarterback. He's my only tier three guy that um which is not he's not at least not tier four, but I a lot of the same issues you were saying with like not a real ground threat and um I definitely don't think he's better than yours or um Stroud. So and I also kind of wrote that I don't, I don't know what it was, but for some reason it seemed like every throw was like his first read quick throw. So it wasn't like he was taking off running, but I didn't see a lot of, I didn't get to, at least in the film I've watched so far, I did not get to see a lot of evidence of him making progressions. And the ball just almost seemed slow. And that might just be me, but it seemed like it was slow and the deep balls were to a wide open receiver who had to turn around. So it was a lot of good, but not great. Like he still made it to a five star. So clearly, you know, I'm not trying to pretend I'm better than all the scouts out there that said he's five star. He's still going to probably end up somewhere, but I agree. I think his path is going to be having to transfer out. And if he manages to say power five and develop somewhere, maybe that's it. But I, I wouldn't be entirely shocked to see him end up at a group of five school starting somewhere. We have not talked about my guy, my LSU tiger, Garrett Nussmeyer, who I also have in my tier two. So he's up there right next to, uh, that's what my tier two as of right now is Garrett Nussmeyer and Brock Vandegrift. So I've got them both right up there behind that kind of top tier. And uh, I tried, I try to protect myself from homerism, right? Like I'm a huge LSU Tiger fan. So I try to go in deliberately lower and more critical because I know if I just come out and tout these guys, like that burnt me so bad with Keishon Butte because I was like, ah, but he's still a freshman and we have a lot of wide receivers. Yeah, no, I was stupid with Keishon Butte. He is the truth. And I accept that now. So I tried not to do that as much with uh, Garrett Nussmeyer. And I'm definitely higher on him than consensus right now because his, I don't, I just don't see the deep ball or arm strength issues that I've read some of. I mean, I've seen him make plenty of throws, even on the run that looked, I mean, at LSU camp already making deep throws that I thought were really impressive. And it just felt like he was really hungry for a big play. I mean, he kept his eyes down the field, and he wasn't just looking to get 10 yards. If it, the play busted, he was, okay, play's busted. Let's try to get 30, 40. Um, I do think he needs to bulk up, but I've heard, and I, I try not to get too crazy with comps, but I heard this comp, and ever since I heard it, I kind of was like, okay, I can maybe see it, even though I, I'm you know, not old enough to have watched this guy a ton, but somebody comped him to a Brett Favre-like player, and after that, I was kind of like, from what I've seen, I guess I could see it with just his aggression and with his ability to get the ball down the field. So he's somebody who I've, I'm sticking in tier two, and I'm really excited to see what shakes out with the LSU depth chart after uh, Miles Brennan leaves. Yeah, I mean, there's no no if he really did show out, there's he could potentially get the job very soon. So the things that I that I had had about him is that he didn't I didn't think his arm strength was elite. 
and he got the ball out real quick and I liked a lot of things that I saw, but his delivery was a little bit, his delivery and mechanics were a little bit inconsistent. Just things he needed to work on, but he's a guy that's right up there just outside my top 10. And it's funny we mentioned the size thing because I have all their sizes written down and every one of these guys is between 6'1 and 6'3 and all of them are almost exactly 200 pounds. So, I, I yeah, I don't understand how the, all these guys are exactly the same. <laughs> like It's kind of weird. So Except for Drake May. Drake, Drake May is 6'5, but all the other ones are like 6'2 or 6'3, I swear. So it's kind of funny. Uh, Colin, is there another guy you... Colin, is there another guy you want to talk that's outside the the top 10 there you wanted to bring up yeah one of the guys that's uh outside the top 10 here and he's just outside my top 10 too but he's a guy that i think is um going a little bit under the radar right now and that's uh kyron drones uh qb going to baylor uh and i, I really like this kid i mean he's 6'2 195 so like he falls right in that range that you were just saying about uh, right at that, you know, between 6'1", six, 6'3", six, right around 200 pounds. So he's got that size you're looking for. Uh, he's a four-star guy, at number 11 dual threat quarterback, and he is a true dual threat. Very strong athlete, very mobile. Uh, he scrambles around, he buys time. Um, you know, he also keeps his eyes downfield with something I like. You know, he can take off and t- pick up these big chunks of yards, uh, but he also looks downfield. And he has a rifle of an arm. I mean, he has a cannon. He could, he's a very strong vertical passer right now, and he throws really well off-platform too. Uh, now, the biggest thing that I think he needs to work with is his footwork. It's a little bit inconsistent. It's a little sloppy right now, and I think that's kind of what leads to his inconsistent ball placement right now as well. Uh, but I think that's something that he can definitely tweak a little bit. You know, He can, he can develop in college because uh, Baylor actually brings in uh, Jeff Grimes as their O.C., and that's the OC who was at BYU who helped to develop Zach Wilson. Um, he was a finalist for the top assistant coach of the year this year um, before coming over here to Baylor. So I think if you know Grimes can get his hands on Kyron Drones, you know I think he can really clean up some of that uh, the, the mechanical inconsistencies there, and you're going to see this guy really take off. Uh, and that's a you know, weak QB room right now. There's nobody else uh, that's stepping up there with charlie brewer he just transferred so you know it's wide open right now yeah i'm i love i was looking at the list and and looking at the names at the bottom and i'm I'm like who could he be talking about i was like you know i really hope he talks about drones i don't think he's going to be and as soon as you said that name i was like yeah i saw that somebody who yeah he hasn't quite met my threshold for me i haven't watched him quite enough for me to feel comfortable putting in a tier yet but i think he's going to land about where you're saying like not quite in my top 10 ish but still higher than where he's going he's somebody that i started researching in the program and as soon as carl hears this podcast he's gonna just (laughs) ramp up his asking price i've been trying to get him from carl ever since he got that commitment and i've let him know how upset i am about it multiple times but he's somebody who i mean i love baylor and i think he has a lot of the tools i i am a little bit more hesitant on his early playing time just because i think jacob zeno is the truth i think he's gonna blow it out but he's only there for however many years and then i think uh we could definitely see drones be the guy so i'm glad that was a name that got brought up joseph you got anybody i haven't heard anyone talking about carlos del rio so i'm curious if you guys have watched him at all slash if you think anything of him he was not really on my radar until elite 11 but all the reports that came out of that was that he was one of the most impressive quarterbacks there particularly with his accuracy and his delivery there. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily one of the top flight quarterbacks in this class um, just because I think his release is very long. um, And I have some concerns about that. I don't think he's going to start over Emory Jones. I don't even think that's really in the conversation. So I think it probably makes sense that he's a little bit further down the list for a lot of guys, but Del Rio is a guy that I think has a good frame. He isn't necessarily a fantastic athlete, but I think he's a good rusher that can add value with his legs. And I think he's mechanically pretty sound. I think he has good footwork. But I, the one thing that concerns me a little bit is his release. Um, so I haven't heard anyone. I mean, I listen to the same few podcasts over and over. And the few guys that are talking about the 2024 class have tended to focus on the names that we've kind of already gone through. Just curious if you guys have watched any of Del Rio and what you think. 
Yeah, so I've watched uh, a little bit of him, but everything I saw was his junior tape. I haven't seen any of his senior tape yet. And uh, there's a guy on Twitter, um, I'm pretty sure it's Adam Lewis. Um, he's a guy that Austin respects a lot too. So like, you know, I've started following him. I came to respect his his takes a lot. And he's act, he's been hyping up uh, Del Rio as well. I think Adam Lewis is also like from Florida. And he said that he has taken like a big step from 2019 to 2020 this year. So um, I, I have a little bit of concerns with the release there as well. Um, I have him slotted as my QB 17 right now, but there's definitely the possibility of him rising there, depending on how that 2020 tape looks when I dive into that. Yeah, I've, I've watched him just a blip and it just not enough registered for me to have him high enough priority. I haven't gotten back around to watching any of them, but it was a lot of the same concerns y'all had was why he kind of, I watched him and said, eh, yeah, I'll get to him eventually. Yeah, he wasn't a guy that I would have watched if not for the hype last year around the Elite 11 stuff. So I watched him, and I was impressed. Like Colin said, I haven't gotten to see this year's tape at all. So if he's improved since then, then he may be a guy I end up bumping up from where I have now. I think I have him at QB 9. So he's in the mix. He's not like necessarily my top one or two tiers, but he's a guy that I haven't heard much on that I at least wanted to talk about. I don't know where I heard this name, but I, another guy who I'm kind of looking, who I've been watching and, and liking a lot is uh, probably a butcher's name. I almost didn't pick him just because I don't want to say his name. From Minnesota, Athan Kellyak-Manis, I guess is how you would say it. He's a four-star dual-threat guy, and he's um, once Tanner Morgan gets out the door, I think he's got the job. I really like a lot about what I've seen from him. Very quick release, throws different arm angles, moves well in the pocket, very calm under pressure. Um, didn't face like the greatest defenses in college in high school. Played in, in Antioch, I think it's in Georgia, I believe. Illinois, not even close, not even remotely close to it. <laughs> so, anyways, um, Georgia, Illinois, you know, same thing. Anyways, so he's a guy that's got a, a clear depth 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 chart in front of him, and I really like him a lot as a guy. Um, definitely grabbed your CTC leagues late. He'll have that production in Minnesota. So, the PJ Fleck touch. We're going to dive into the running backs next. Um, we probably won't spend a lot of time on Travion Henderson. He's obviously, I think everybody has him at number one in the whole entire universe, and for a very good reason. I have Will Shipley at number two going to Clemson. Lavassier Carroll going to Georgia at three. Kamar Wheaton, Alabama four. LJ Johnson, Texas A&M. Um, Evan Pryor, Ohio State. Armani Goodwin, LSU. There you go, Nathan, that's for you. I did that. No, I'm just kidding. Donovan yeah, Edwards, guess... Michigan, Camaro Edmonds, UNC, and Audric Estime, I guess. That's how you'd pronounce it, going to Notre Dame. That's who I have in my top ten. Um, it's very, 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 very fluid. I think my top two are pretty locked in stone, but beyond that, it's, yeah, it, it's a wide-open class. Like I can see from what limited tape I've seen, nobody really stood out other than those two guys, you know, as, as – possibly elite talent so colin i'll let you take the take this one first who do you got on that list the top 10 there who's like a mover for you like a guy that you was really impressed with uh well yeah i mean we wouldn't need to spend too much time talking about uh henderson there but uh i did just want to say henderson is far and away my one one um i really like what i see from him i i think he's gonna be elite at ohio state there uh but a guy that i have uh pretty high on on my list i have him at the number five spot uh, and that's byron cardwell going to oregon uh he is uh a, he's got a great size six foot 203 um i think he can add you know 10 pounds easy in a college weight program to get him right where you want to see him like right around that six foot 215 mark uh he's very fluid um you know he's he has great lateral agility you know he can make some guys miss uh and he is better speed than what his four six nine forty from the opening would suggest uh i would have pegged it more in like in the low four fives you know i thought he was he looked really fast and he has really good patience and vision too you know he sets up blocks at the second level which isn't something you see from a ton of guys coming out of high school so that's one of the things i like about him a lot uh but then he also has like really good hands out of the backfield um, I think he's the type of guy who could develop into a true weapon in the pass game, uh, but I think he should, at bare minimum, just be like a plus uh, option in the pass game there at least. So uh, he's right there at number five for me. So I'm I'm pretty high on Byron Cardwell. 
Yeah, no, uh, I'll just go ahead and say that running backs are where I'm definitely the farthest behind. And you can see that in my uh, program recruiting classes. <laughs> Why is because I had a very hard time uh, recruiting running backs. So I'm just uh, I'll use this opportunity to talk about at least one of them that, you know, I didn't get any of the top guys. I very nearly got Wheaton. I had watched some of Wheaton and was really excited. I probably am going to end up with him right under Henderson and jumping Shipley just because I literally can't decide, depending on the day of the week, what I feel about Phil Maffa. And so if, especially with Phil Maffa being kind of that big back in Clemson, and then you've got Will Shipley being more of the smaller all-purpose back, if we see some type of big timeshare, I just really don't know what it's going to do to Will Shipley's value. So I'm probably going to bump him down and bump Wheaton up above him. Um, but Phil Maffa would be one I would want to talk about. I did manage to get his commitment. And like I said, literally every time I watch the tape, I can't. One second, he looks like a guy that looks a lot more agile for his size, able to make some cuts and just make these really big plays. And then I watch him again. I'm like, well, but really, he just had to make one cut. Like, really, what what movement did he do? So I, I'm up and down on him, but I think I'm, I'm going to ride the wave and kind of see if he, let me put it this way, Will Shipley is good enough that if Phil Maffa takes a significant amount of the the playtime from Shipley, then I'm, I'm moving Maffa up. That'll be enough proof for me that he's he's got the juice to get on the field. And I guess a, a kind of lower down name that I'm going to bring up that I was a lot more excited about when he originally, where I had him going, was a Katravian Hargrove, who originally was going to Florida State, and I was pretty excited about. I had him uh, kind of in my mid-tier. He felt like a good combo of quick and fast and had I felt like he had really good field vision. He, you could kind of see him figure out where he wants to go and just get there. Um, and then he switched over to Mississippi State. So now I'm terrified he's going to get, um, you know, Mike Leach is going to only throw to him and he's going to get 12 carries before he graduates. So I'm a little bit more worried with the landing spot from a C2C perspective. But as far as what I saw in film, he was somebody I, I actually thought was a good bit more impressive than where I'd seen him in the rankings. So he's the one I hope to see develop either Leach actually use a running back well or transfer or however it happens. I do want to say I'm happy that other podcasts have talked about Lavassier Carroll because I, I was calling him Love C and I didn't realize <laughs> that it was Lavassier. Like I'm not very, I, I'm that, that that teacher in the key and peel, the A, A, right? Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, you got anybody in this in this top group that you like? Or? I feel like my personal ranks deviate so significantly from what you see on 24-7 or the composite or rivals or anything. Uh, I have Carroll at RB2. I know you just brought him up. I don't want to spend too much time on him, but, I mean, he has tremendous speed. I think he has very good size already at 6'1", 195 with a frame that can add another 15 to 20 pounds, it looks like, just based on his lower half. Uh, runs with good leg drive. He keeps his momentum moving forward. Uh, he doesn't seem like a guy that has a ton of wiggle, um, and he does occasionally have to decelerate to cut sharply, but his acceleration is like second to none in this class. So his deceleration when he's uh, working on setting up some of those cuts doesn't necessarily worry me as much when he can get up to full speed as quickly as he can. He also has a very good feel for the position. He's a very natural runner, and I think he's a good uh, pass catcher as well. It's not necessarily something I saw much on his tape, but um, from the what I did see, uh, he just feels like someone that would be a very well-rounded like three-down back at the next level. So Carroll's my RB2. Just to touch on someone else I'm a lot higher on than consensus, I believe, is Evan Pryor. And particularly from a uh, C2C perspective, I don't love his landing spot just because obviously he's going to be buried behind Henderson and Teague in the short term. Pryor is a guy that I think could probably play wide receiver. Like he is that good of a pass catcher. Uh, He runs great routes. Um, He's very agile. He has great burst. He lined up a lot outside and he did run when he lined up outside. A lot of what he ran from what I saw were go routes which isn't that exciting, but you did see him run um, the occasional like slant or dig or something, and he created separation pretty much at ease. So he's a guy I'm very excited about, um, not necessarily from a college production perspective, but someone that I think could probably be a three-down runner if he were ever given that opportunity. So in terms of pro prospects, I think he could be a three-down back with the ability to 
um, probably inherit more work, um, similar to a Giovanni Bernard, who was a bell cow for a couple years, but um, obviously isn't that now, but a change of pace plus type guy. So Pryor's a guy I like a lot. I'm really glad you brought up Pryor, actually. I was debating on bringing up him or Cardwell. Um, I have Pryor at my RB4, so I'm really high on him, yep, too. me too. I see that. I see exactly what you said there. I mean, he could basically be a wide receiver. Um, but when they split him out wide a ton, you know, they use him a ton in the pass game. I think he has he's super fluid as an athlete. He's so smooth when he runs, and he's a true home run threat every time he touches the ball. Uh, I just I'm with you. I wish he wasn't going to Ohio State because I am so high on Henderson. Uh, if Pryor was going anywhere else, he would probably be my number two running back. Uh, so I'm just yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. Are y'all nervous at all if you're if you're banking on him getting some more passing work? Are you nervous at all about how stacked the wide receiver room also is at Ohio State? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he he's like a guy I I could definitely see transferring. Yeah. I'm curious, yeah. Once Teague's gone after this year, uh, I think he'll end up sticking around and just Ohio State's uh, Henderson's not going to get 30 carries a game, so I, I could see Pryor getting 10-plus touches a game after this year. Uh, but, I, I mean, I wish I could just see him in another program to highlight what he can do on all three downs. Yeah, they're turning into Alabama where, you know, we're going to be fighting over the – Touches the touches. Well, you know, look at all the talent they have. Good lord! Another guy who's who's got a really good shot. Donovan Edwards from Michigan comes into. He's in a great situation too. I mean, that depth chart. That team has been decimated. You know, by players transferring, and so I think he's got a good shot this year of possibly being, you know, getting some work this year. And, and I think he's by far the most talented running back they have. He's a guy who also caught the ball. He had 33 receptions as a junior. I liked his play, strength, balance, vision. Thought he moved well in traffic. He doesn't have elite speed or elite burst, not a lot of wiggle either, but definitely like a one-cut-go type of runner, which I actually really like that. I don't, I don't know why. It's just something that I, I, I like. It's probably how I ran in high school, just one-cut-and-go because I had no wiggle either. So um, <laughs> like, so I, I like those guys. You know, bam, get upfield, let's go. So I, I like Donovan Edwards a lot in a really good situation. So Deeper guys. Nathan, you said you hadn't gone too far. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody that stood out? I know you said you haven't gone too far, so I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but is there anybody you wanted to bring up? I'm trying to understand what's going on with Jalen White. I still haven't nailed down whatever news or whatever, where he's even going. But I mean, what I saw of him, I liked. So I was kind of confused as to why he dropped so far. I know he was a big name before the season. So I'd love for somebody to fill me in on what the heck happened with him. Because and now I think he's looking like a deeper name. I thought he's still going to Tennessee, isn't he? Last I knew. May, and maybe I just, yeah, was looking in the wrong place and just got messed up. But I, all I know is that I, I know he was ranked pretty high at first, and now I think he's currently nationally at 475 or something like that. So I guess we'll see. I, I liked him when I, what I saw of him. So it's some, someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on still. Colin, you got anybody? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Devin Neal going to Kansas. Um, He's been getting a lot of traction lately. Yeah, yeah, he has, and I mean, they have him in the comp. Yeah, they have him in the composite as a three-star guy, um, you know, at number twenty-two. But twenty-four-seven has him in their own rankings as a four-star guy at number RB fourteen. I think that's a little bit better. I mean, he's he's super shifty. He's very elusive. You you regularly see him making guys miss. Um, I, I love his footwork too, um, especially you know right right at the line of scrimmage presses the line really well um, and then you know he'll find the hole so he's got really good vision there and one of the things I really like about him is his pass game work I mean they split him out wide at times they threw the ball to him a lot in high school um, you make some really nice catches along the sidelines showing like good body control especially for a running back now I, I don't love Kansas as a landing spot I guess he should definitely get on the field right away with Puka Williams being gone but I mean, that offense is just kind of a nightmare. <laughs> um, they were the second worst offense from a uh, yards per game standpoint this past year. So I don't love that offense, but I think he can make an immediate impact. And if anybody's going to be a player you want from Kansas's offense, it'll be him. Absolutely. Joseph, you got anybody to add? Not necessarily a deep name, but Armani Goodwin is definitely some 
someone I wanted to bring up. I just, when I watch him, he pops. Uh, very good speed, impressive burst. The acceleration is really what stands out. Um, but he runs with a very low pad level and loves pushing the pile, which is something I like to see out of my smaller backs. He's just, he's someone I like. I know he's going to LSU. I don't know if Nathan has any thoughts on him, but he just, he's someone that I, I want to keep an eye on. Uh, don't necessarily expect him to get much work this year, but someone I like. And a couple other guys that are a little bit deeper that I like are, uh, Trevion Cooley and Seven McGee. Uh, Cooley's going to Louisville. Uh, McGee's going to Oregon. McGee, I probably like um, a little bit more just because, um, I mean, his, so I, I believe in, he's listed at 5'8", 185 right now on 24-7. Previously, he was listed at like 160-something. So I don't know if he gained all that weight this year or if um, some of those older weights were just a little bit outdated, but I'm... Uh, encouraged by his ability to add 15 to 20 pounds already because his weight was really one of the major things that was holding me back from rating him a little bit higher. He's a, a good pass catcher with good athleticism, but he only ran like a 4-6 something, which at like the 160 something pounds he was originally listed at is like a major red flag. But when you watch him on tape, he runs with more burst and more juice than that four six five or whatever it was. So McGee at Oregon with um, not a ton of competition past this year. I know C.J. Verdell did return, which is a major blow for McGee's outlook, I believe. Those two guys, uh, Cooley and McGee, are a couple deeper guys that I am interested in. Come on, Joseph. Everybody in America gained 20 pounds this last year, right? I did too, but it wasn't a good say. 20. <laughs> Cooley in Louisville kind of reminds me of that Javion Hawkins that just uh, he's that fast he's so freaking quick you know and he'll he'll fit seamlessly right into that offense if they want to keep running that type of offense so a little bit bigger actually 511 208 so that's yeah good fit there we'll get into the wide receivers it's probably the last we'll do tonight and we'll give Nathan I'll let you take off first on this one but my top 10 as it is right now is Mika Ikbuka from Ohio State. I'm sorry, I'm very white when I pronounce names. Troy Franklin from Oregon. Ja'Cory Brooks, Alabama. Mario Williams, Oklahoma. Jojo Early from Alabama. Dante Thornton from Oregon. Deion Smith, LSU. Lonnie White, Penn State. Brian Thomas, LSU. Chris Hilton, LSU. So LSU's got three of my top ten at this current at this current time. Although I've been getting a lot of been hearing a lot of stuff about Brian Thomas that I don't you know a lot of people do not like him it seems like so Nathan what do you think of my top 10 what do you think about LSU's you know incoming freshman which got bud yeah no I mean on one level I do personally love that you have three LSU wide receivers in the top 10 of course I just hate that you know I also have faded on Brian Thomas um well I say faded I I pretty much started whenever I was making my rankings at Brian Thomas was never the top LSU wide receiver coming in for me, which um, was, you know, kind of counter to the rankings always had him as one of the top receivers in the class, much less just going to LSU. Um, as of right now, out of those three, I've got it Deion Smith on the top, and he's actually in my tier one. My, my tier one is three is Amika Ibuka, JoJo Early, and Deion Smith, who I just absolutely love all three of those which as much as you know to put an Alabama player right up there with Deion Smith they are both dynamic excellent players that I think are all going to be great and Brian Thomas just isn't is just in that next tier for me of I, I didn't see enough to completely blow me away and put him in the same tier with those guys so they're all definitely good Chris Hilton the more I watched the more red flags I got which I was initially a lot more excited about him especially with um I actually got to see him live uh, when Zachary won the national championship um, or state, not national championship, state championship a couple years ago. That was my wife's high school he beat. So I got to go see him live and got excited about him. And then the more film I watched, the more I was like, okay, if you're going to be a small guy and your main thing is going to be your quick, why am I seeing him get caught from behind so much? So that was really the red flag that the more I watched, the more he got pinged. And now he ended up in my tier three. So that would be out of the guys you mentioned. Those are my opinion on the LSU guys and my, my tier one. I, I think you're right with Ibuka just is pulling away as the top in this class for me. And then JoJo and Dion are both right there with them. 
So the, the thing I like about uh, Brian Thomas a lot is, I mean, I like him, his skill set a lot. Um, you know, he's, he's a basketball player and that shows, you know, when you watch him on tape, you know, he's great body control, hides points the ball extremely well. He's going to be a dangerous red zone weapon right away. And I think that's what LSU needs because they don't have any big body guys on that roster. Um, you got Boutte, six foot one eighty five, Coy Moore, six foot one seventy four, Trey Palmer, six foot one eighty, Deion Smith, six one and a half, seven one seventy two, Chris Hilton, five eleven and a half, one sixty nine. So, and then they just lost Eric Gilbert, so they don't have anybody to fit that role, especially with Marshall going pro too. So. I really like Brian Thomas for the role that I think he's going to have in that offense probably immediately. Thomas is a bit raw to me, but I agree that there's nobody else anywhere close to his stature on the roster. So I could see him getting red zone reps just simply because of his size. Once upon a time, we had a tight end that was supposed to be pretty good, but you know, now he's gone. So. <laughs> well, I'm still pretty upset about that. Here, you still have him. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look. <laughs> yeah, that one still stings. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. Uh, Colin, what do you make between Ja'Cory Brooks and JoJo Early? Like, both of those guys look just phenomenal, like, but in such different ways. So. Yeah, I mean, there are two and three in my rankings, respectively. I got Brooks at two, early three. The thing I like the most about Brooks is he's got that alpha wide receiver size. So that's kind of that tiebreaker for me. So while I really love uh, Earl's skill set there, and I think he could, uh, JoJo Early could step in the, into the uh, Jalen Waddle role pretty quickly here, pretty much right off the bat. But Ja'Cory Brooks has that alpha wide receiver size, and he played top-end competition at IMG in Florida. So I'm not too worried about his, uh, you know, how his is going to translate to the next level there at Bama. Um, he's just he's a big-body guy, uses his size extremely effectively. He's got great play strength. Um, and he, he also looks much more athletic than what his uh, timings have been listed. I mean, he has a 4.8340 from the opening, which when you look at that, that just, you know, that's pretty off-putting for a wide receiver. But I think he's way better than that. I mean, you see him break away some long TD runs on tape. And like I said, that was top-end competition at IMG in Florida. So if he's breaking away against some of those guys, I think his speed is pretty safe. Like I think he's probably more of like a high 4.5 guy. That's why I have him ahead of Early, but I mean Early's electric with the ball in his hands. He's a big time yak threat, so I like him a lot too. Jacory Brooks is wide receiver one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I mean, he returned punts at IMG. You don't return punts at IMG if you run a four eight. So, Colin, to your point, I don't remember someone brought this up on another pod I listened to, but he ran a faster 200-meter time than JoJo Earl did, and JoJo Earl got timed at like 4.3 in the 40. So I, I have no concerns about Brooks's speed. Um, you watch him on tape, and he's separating uh, deep. He's separating from guys after the catch. Uh, he's creating space on punt returns. I don't have questions about his speed, and really his speed is the main thing that's holding him back when you look at his ranking. At 6'3", 190 or so, he has the frame to add another 10, 15 pounds and develop into that alpha receiver. He plays with that alpha mentality. He's a big-bodied guy uh, that plays big with a huge catch radius. Um, he's, I think he's fast in a straight line. He's a long strider, so it's more of that build-up speed, not, not necessarily an instant accelerator like JoJo Earl is. But uh, I think Brooks um, can step in next year, and I don't necessarily see him instantly becoming the wide receiver one for Alabama, but I like him more than I like Mechie, and I like him a little bit more than I like Earl. I think he's the best receiver in this class, and I think playing at a like blue blood program like Alabama, alongside Bryce Young, who I consider the second best wide or quarterback in the country, Brooks is going to be a first round startup pick by as soon as November, I think. Nathan, go ahead and talk about your deep guy, because or, or a diet guy you like that I don't have in my top ten. This is somebody I've been pounding the table for every single chance I get, and he signed with someone who I was very excited to see him go with. But that's a uh, Keon Coleman coming 
out of a small school in Louisiana who um, he is listed right now on nationally as the 378th player, which essentially to me just means you can get him for whatever price you want and he will be worth it because I have him right here in tier two, right next to Ryan Thomas Jr. and Ja'Cory Brooks. I mean, he is, in my opinion, that level of a player with I watched the film and literally the first note I made was what am I missing that he is not ranked with these guys. And I think it was literally just that he went to a small school in rural. I mean, I think it was one a right down the road for me. I mean, he, there, there's nobody out there. The film is all somebody's phone from the booth. It's, it just, he didn't have the exposure. I think with that exposure, he would have exploded. I mean, he's six four, two hundred pounds, plays basketball, is looking to go. He ended up committed to Michigan State, and he's going to play both football and basketball there. And you can see that in his contested catchability. Um, his speed just looks top notch. He was playing with a quarterback. When you watch his film, that you can tell it's just not that good. I mean, they're that, that quarterback, unfortunately, is just not probably making it to the NFL. He makes the quarterback look good because he just, if you get it anywhere in the vicinity, then Keon Coleman is going to come down with the ball and he's going to score a touchdown. Um, some of his stats, because like I said, he played lesser competition. But if you're going to play lesser competition, I want to see some incredible efficiency. His junior year, he had 35 receptions. He took those 35 receptions for 22 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards. So, I mean, every time he touched the ball, it was lights out. He was he was scoring almost every time, and that's not counting his – he played both ways, so his defensive touchdowns, and he did punt and kick return, so he had special teams touchdowns. I mean, he was so phenomenally the best player on the field, it's insane. And at 6'4", 200 pounds to move the way he does, I just – he's going to be great, and I'm glad he ended up at a Power 5 program where if, if they get any development and give him any type of shot, I think he'll be a household name. So – He's definitely somebody I'm pounding the table for. All right. If he doesn't maintain that same efficiency for my Spartans, I'm going to come hunt you down. <laughs> I want to see the same efficiency. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, that would tell you what, if, if you rattle off a 40 yard to catch in college, that'll be uh that'll be the day. I, I wish he had longer to be alongside Jaden Reed. Cause whew, man, that's a fun. Yeah. All right. Colin, who you got, bud? So the guy I have here is a guy that I haven't heard anybody mention and he's my wide receiver. Uh, he fluctuates right back and forth between five and six for me. Um, but I haven't decided exactly where that's going to be. But this is uh, Shadrach Banks from Texas A&M. He's a four-star guy. So he's number 18 wide receiver overall. Um, so, you know, he's not too far off of the radar. But I don't understand why this guy isn't higher. Uh, I'm, well, I, mean, I do because he was injured in his junior year. But he played in the highest classification in Texas, and he put up monster numbers as a sophomore. He put up 1,300 yards and 17 touchdowns for the team that won the state champ. I mean, he was productive on a great team. And then, like I said, he got injured his junior year, um, so he missed pretty much all of that year. Uh, but then this year, he scored at least one touchdown in every game he played. He put up 826 yards and 10 TDs through the air, 192 yards and 7 TDs on the ground for the nation's number two team. Uh, he was a finalist for the uh, All-American Bowl Offensive Player of the Year. Now, they didn't play that game. Uh, it was just an honor right now, but he's the only wide receiver on the list. The other guys that they had there were J.J. McCarthy, Ty Thompson, guys we both gushed about earlier, uh, Kyle McCord, and Brock Vandegrift. And... This guy is just electric with the ball in his hands. Very elusive. Uh, he's a very tough runner, too. He doesn't go down easy at all. He, he gets physical, he'll lower his shoulder, and he loves to go for the hurdle, which I don't know. Maybe that's how he ended up getting hurt. I don't know. But there's like three plays where he just hurdles people, and it's incredible. Um, he's 5'11 and a half, 210. So he's built like a running back, and he looks like that with the ball in his hands. But he goes up and snags the ball with away from his frame very well. Uh, so he, he's a hands catcher. He needs to develop a little bit more on the technical side of the game, like with those route running, um, you know, with his different releases off of the line. But I think that's going to come. And he's an early enrollee at Texas A&M too, which is something I like to look for. So he's already on campus, already getting familiar with these guys. And this is just a guy I can't gush highly enough about. And I, I, I'm trying to get... The, the drum beat going for him a little bit more. Nice. I like it. I like it. Joseph, you got anybody or you want 
so there's a few guys that I am probably higher on than consensus. Um, one of them is Destin Hill, who I have inside my top five. I'm higher on Marvin Harrison Jr. than consensus, Dakari Collins, uh, Jackson Meeks, Dion Colsey, just to name a few guys. But the one guy I really wanted to bring up that I haven't really seen mentioned is Caden Prather, who is going to West Virginia. He is 6'3-210, and he's a four-star by the 24-7 composite. So he ran the 40 and 4-6, and his vert was about 30 inches. So really not a outstanding athlete from what you would expect someone of that stature to be. Uh, pretty underwhelming from a vert perspective, honestly, but he's um, a big-bodied guy. I tend to uh, gravitate towards those guys that have the alpha build, like 6'2", 6'3", 215 plus. Those are just the receivers that I tend to uh, favor, and I think Prather fits that fits that mold. I think he has a very good release, and release is something that obviously can be taught, but is something that I like to see from uh, collegiate wide receivers and to be able to see them separate from press coverage at the line of scrimmage just to understand that they're not going to get caught up uh, downfield and if they can separate from press at the line I I like their ability to uncover further downfield and I believe Prather can do that I think he's um, quick to snap in and out of breaks and I think he tracks the ball well downfield so Given his size, I expect him to be a pretty good red zone threat. I don't necessarily, from what I saw on film, I haven't watched a ton of him, but he looks like he's a little bit faster than his 4-6 time. Uh, so he's a guy that I will be drafting late in C2C startups. Someone I like probably more than consensus, and uh, just looking forward to see how he develops, because West Virginia isn't necessarily a top program don't have a ton of uh, NFL caliber athletes on that roster, but I think he could be one. So obviously needs to develop some more consistency, um, but someone that I am high on and looking forward to watching him a little bit more. We'll just wrap it up real quick. Just to, just to mention a couple tight ends. We're not going to dive deep into them. We're kind of going past our little uh, limit that I like to set. So they got a couple good good guys at the top of the class. Brock Bowers, George. So pretty much everybody's number one, I think, is Jake Bryanstool going to Clemson. I kind of have those two guys pretty close. Thomas Fedone, Nebraska. Maliki Motovayo from Oregon. Shut up. Um, all right. Michael Trigg <laughs> from USC. I know. These these Polynesian guys. This is when I miss, this is when I miss Matt. Uh, Matt, Matt uh, was really good at saying those Polynesian names. So I thought I did pretty damn good. So those are a couple guys. Luis Hansen, Michigan, another guy I like a lot. So just a couple names to... We'll probably dive a little bit more into those guys as we get deeper into our, you know, positional breakdowns. So if you guys wanted to add any other names. Hanson's a stud. Hanson is an absolute stud. Yeah, he's he's going to end up very high. He plays me. very, very angry, and I, I like that. Yes. So Anybody who, I mean, has multiple highlights of him actually benching players, like, <laughs> go ahead, bring him back to coach and say, here you go, you can have this one back. I mean, he, that dude's a stud. I like it. All right, Nathan, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, what you're working on, uh, the whole rundown. Find me on Twitter at Dynasty Dad Stash. Drop the A from Dynasty. Um, I'm also writing and working over there with the Dynasty Nerds, working on the Devi team, the analytic team. Uh, and I'm starting a new podcast. So very soon you'll be able to hear me on MTMV Sports Podcast Network. Um, new podcast will be launching here early March uh, called The Dynasty Process or the fantasy process, sorry. It'll be a more, it won't be all dynasty focused. It'll be all different walks of fantasy, so. Nice, Colin. Nice, man. I'll be uh, looking forward to check that out there. Um, yeah, so you can find me at uh, C2C Decker on Twitter. Um, just recently switched over to that handle. I was Campus2Canton, uh, which is what our podcast handle. But if, you, if you've listened to my show before, you know we have some big stuff in the works, which we're hoping to drop actually this Monday, uh, which is the reason for the move there. So, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, interact on Twitter. Like, I love interacting with people. DMs are always open. Um, so definitely hit me up there on Twitter. But um, look forward to, to dropping some content here real soon. 
Yeah, you guys have been teasing that for months. We so have. Lo- like looking it. forward, looking forward to the news. Yeah, we have. Um, um, we we uh, we've been tweaking it a little bit, so it delayed it a little bit longer than we want. But yeah, definitely should drop here. Hopefully on Monday. Awesome. Looking yeah, forward to it. Just want to give y'all props. Uh, y'all have been putting in work with that podcast. The word the word is already going around in different circles I'm in for when people ask for you know okay can I I'm looking at joining a C2C anybody got some good resources y'all's podcast is already coming up on the short list of like hey you you need to go tune into this and it's getting resounding applause. Thanks, so man. y'all are doing great work. Appreciate hearing that. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I was talking pre-show about how deep you guys go on some of the teams and prospects. So. You guys are doing a great job, um, both you and Austin. Uh, tremendous work. So, uh, looking forward to your news on Monday. So, I am on Twitter at jnamore24. You can find all of my work at dynastylukefootball.com. Not that I've done anything recently. Uh, the last few articles were over a month ago, but the last few episodes I've been teasing my top 100 rookies article um, that has been in the works for forever. That is still in the works because I've had some personal stuff come up and uh, just hasn't really been a priority for me, but I am looking to get that finished up in the next few weeks. So you can look for that uh, coming up. Not the most active on Twitter, but I'm trying to engage a little bit more on there. Um, So you can find all my work at DLF um, and the podcast here at Debbie Manuel. Dwight? You just need to get on there and just start harassing people. Come on, man. (laughs) Just just pop into people's rankings and just start just pop in, say something, and then just disappear. That's not me. It's not me. (laughs) Come on. That's what everybody does, right? Uh, No. All right. You can find me on Twitter at FF People's Champ, uh, working with Nathan over there at the Nerds. Uh, Really appreciate a lot of stuff he does there. Um, We've been talking about some C2C rankings and some ADP and blah, blah, blah. You know, just fun, fun stuff that I geek out when I talk about stuff like that. So doing a little still working on rookie profiles over there but getting ready to move forward into some more debbie type stuff after we get through that section and you can find this podcast at debbie manual i also have the debbie manual youtube channel which has been kind of quiet lately but i other than my silly mortal Kombat video i did the other day um other than that i'm it's been kind of quiet on that on the film cutting front so all right that's it for tonight we'll call it a wrap and we will talk to you guys hopefully in another week maybe 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 two we'll we'll shoot for a week though so talk to you guys later